If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You just found the world's number one fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump. Right in today's episode, we talk about the four worst ways to judge your workout effectiveness and success. By the way, at the end of the episode, we actually give you great ways to judge your workout success. So we'll leave you with some good positives, uh, some constructive positives. Now, this episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Chili Sleep. So they make devices that dramatically improve the quality of your sleep. So my favorite device is their Uller Sleep System. So it goes over your mattress, under your sheet, and it uses water, so it's water-cooled or water-warmed, to make your bed the perfect temperature. You can actually set it on your phone. It'll maintain that temperature even when your body lays on it with your body heat and everything. So if you like to sleep in a cool bed, it's amazing. It's got two sides, by the way, so one for you and your partner. You can even program it to warm up slowly in the morning to gently get you to naturally wake up. Very low EMF as well. The device that uh, pumps the water is away from you. And uh, it's just like I said, it just uses water. So it's a great device, uh, dramatic improvement in sleep. Go check this company out. Go to chillysleep.com. That's C-H-I-L-I sleep.com forward slash mind pump. And then use the code pump 30 for 30% off the cube or the Uller. Or you can use pump DP for a discount, 10% off the new Doc Pro. Also, it's July. That means we have a new promotion going on. So here's what we got going on this month. The RGB bundle. This is the most popular workout program bundle that we offer is 50% off. So what's in that? MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Aesthetic, MAPS Performance. And then we threw in Kettlebells for Aesthetics and the Sexy Athlete Mod and the Butt Builder Blueprint. So all of that in the RGB bundle is discounted. We took an additional 50% off. By the way, that'll cover, that'll cover you for nine months. You'll have nine months of exercise programming. Now, if you just want to try one MAPS program, we're also putting MAPS suspension on sale. That's 50% off. So this is a workout program using only suspension trainers. So you don't need a lot of space. You definitely don't need a lot of equipment, but you can progress your workouts, build strength, and build muscle and burn body fat with this program. So RGB bundle, 50% off. MAPS suspension, 50% off. So if you're interested, go to mapsfitnessproducts.com and then use the code JULY50 for that discount. All right, here comes the show. It can be really challenging to kind of determine whether or not your workout is successful, but what we're going to go over in this episode are some of the worst ways to judge your workout success. So if you do some of the following and you look at them and you say, oh, this means I had a good workout, you're totally wrong. In fact, it might be the opposite of what you think. You know, I wanted to talk about this because I always get messages from people who are like, uh, you know, hey, you know, this workout made me feel this way. I think it's real effective. Or why am I not getting sore anymore? Or yeah. how do I know if my workout is working? It sounds like the answer would be obvious, but as a trainer, this was something I had to constantly battle and overcome. Constantly. People well, judging the workouts the wrong way. Yeah, it's it's a tough one because these are things that uh, our our clients actually feel. And they it's it's basically direct feedback uh, from the workouts. And this is something that they can associate with uh, something good. Whereas, you know, we have to kind of deconstruct that and then reeducate them on why, like, you know, you might feel this, but it might not be, it's not the most beneficial way to approach this. It's going to be interesting to see how people receive this one because it, this is still a problem because we're still marketed to this way. Yeah, totally. I mean, the... 
the sweat, the burn, the soreness, all those things that, you know, beast mode, no days off. We've been talking about this since we started this damn podcast. Uh, and I still don't think we're winning the war on it. I think no. that it's still the, what people still attach to what they think is a, is a good workout. Yeah. You know what it is? It's the, the, the challenging part of, of consistent fitness isn't necessarily the pain um, that you get from the workout. I think that's what people think. It's like, oh, it's the pain of the workout. No, the challenging part is the consistency. That's the no pain, no gain. It's the sacrifice and the consistency. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily that I go to the gym and then beat the absolute crap out of myself and then, oh my God, this is going to be so successful because... I feel so crappy. I mean, Justin brings up a good point though, too. It's like we attach to the way we feel. Like we had the other day, we had a uh, live caller, and you know, she was training like six, seven days a week. She was running. I mean, but phenomenal shape, right? She was uh, ex gymnast, mm. ten to thirteen percent body fat, and we had a little bit of a conversation afterwards about you know how hard it is to get somebody like that to stop doing it, especially she's in good shape already, right? It, to stop doing that. Um, and focusing on those things when they know it makes them feel good. There's mm -hmm. nothing you can say as a coach or a trainer that is going to convince them otherwise because they get that cortisol dump, and that does feel good. Mm -hmm. So they get that dump from uh, that crazy intense workout, and you're over here as a coach, you're going like, that's not what you should be doing. That's not the right idea. That's not what's best for your body. And they're going like, it feels what's best for my body. Yeah, well, sometimes what they the reason why they think it feels good is because the workout is, is a distraction from something that feels worse. So for example, if you have really bad body image issues um, or you have a depressing job or a bad relationship, well, it's an escape to go to the gym constantly and beat yourself up. And in that case, it does feel good. Look, you ask an alcoholic. That's a good point because now you're getting, you, now you're getting uh, two, right? You're getting also the escape and you're getting the dump. Right, because mm -hmm. you ask an alcoholic or a drug addict, like, hey, does it feel good to do the drugs? Well, I mean, it obviously feels better than whatever it is that they that they are, you know, need to deal with. So there's that part of it. Then there's also the the car, you know, the the effect that you get from uh, you know, not liking yourself or feeling like you're too fat or you're not attractive. And then you go to the gym and you kind of, you know, self-flagellate yourself, like you beat yourself up. Right. And that feels satisfying, like, ah. I'm such a lazy person and I have no discipline. Punishment. But I punished myself and that feels good. It's cathartic mm -hmm. to, to punish myself for all these bad jobs. Now, you might not be thinking that logically, but that's kind of what happens. Subconsciously. And yeah. How many times have you had clients do that where they, they tell you about a class that they took and they were like, oh man, I, I was crawling out of the class and it was so good. Oh, I, re I like remember. group martyr syndrome. Yes. I remember having clients that I'd be training, like let's say three days a week and we'd be on this routine and, and uh, I would come in like, or I'd see them in like an off day and I'd come walking by and they'd be over like in the elliptical in the corner, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, pumping yeah. like crazy. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing here, Deb? Oh, I, you know, last night I went out with the girls yeah. and I had some drinks and this and that. And so, and not, not telling me like she was going to come in and, you know, burn it off because of what she did yesterday. And it was like this form of one punishment and then two, trying to burn off the calories that she could. And it is before. cathartic when you feel guilty. Right. I feel so guilty for the drinks I had last night. Mm -hmm. I will, uh, I will, it's like doing your, your hail, hail Marys or asking for forgiveness. Totally. I'm going to the gym and I'm going to sweat it out. And now it's okay. I've solved the problem that I created last night. So that cathartic feeling feels good. Temporarily. Now, when people say, uh, oh, no, but it feels good, the people that have gotten to convince, who, who have actually convinced to change their approach 
within a few months, they go back and say, I had no idea. I do feel, now I really feel good. I had no idea that I actually felt as bad as I did. I thought I was feeling great. So that, now the first one that comes to mind, this is an easy one. And I, this one took me so long. It took me a long time to figure out for my clients. It took me way longer to figure out for myself. And I've said this before yeah. on the show, but trainers are always better with their clients than they are with themselves. For some reason, we, we consider ourselves like uh, we like the rules don't apply for some reason. But And that's soreness. Soreness is not a great indicator of an effective workout. But for the longest time, I thought it was. If I didn't get sore in a muscle or an area that I was training, I thought, it wasn't effective. Well, mm -hmm. obviously, it's not effective. I don't feel any soreness or pain there. Did I even really get the work? Yes. And uh, and this is like especially for somebody just first coming into the experience, uh, because that's kind of a hard one to gauge initially. Yes. In yes, terms yes. of Good like point. like how much effort to put out and like what volume to attempt, and if, if you haven't really had any experience before, and so a lot of times like. Um, they may just assume that this is part of the experience and I just have to mentally get a little bit more disciplined in how I deal with this type of pain. But they're always kind of seeking that first initial um, same kind of experience where they, they end up with the soreness and uh, this kind of overworked feeling. I actually think this one remains difficult uh, even after you've put it together because ideally I, I'm always trying to like take it like right to that, like right before yes. that. And so even with all my years of experience, like that, that, that's a moving target. Uh, it, it's a moving target based off of, uh, your stress levels. It's a moving target based off of your, your previous consistency of your lifting nutrition. your nutrition. So it's this to me, um, it's a, it was a, I had a big aha moment. I too, like figured it out with my clients first later on, still struggle with myself. Okay. Now fully started to piece it together for myself. I understand it. I understand that I'm not trying to be sore, but then even trying to gauge my workouts and go like, oh, that's probably enough. That'll take me right to that edge. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm sore right now, more sore than I need to be. And it, again, I was just like, and I, you know, it's crazy. I thought, man, I only did two sets of that, but I chose a weight that was much heavier than what I needed to do for that exercise because that specific exercise, I hadn't done that in a long time. And of course, I still make this mistake. I go like, oh, I've done 225 yeah, on my back. Yeah, you're comparing yourself. Yeah, to, yeah, I've done 225 on my back. So putting, you know, what did I have? Uh, 15, 100, 110 pounds or something on my back. And I'm like, I've done 200. That's less than 50%. Mm -hmm. And I'm only doing two sets. I should be fine. Sore as shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I do think that even when you figure this out, you still kind of continually make these these mistakes of so it's because it's a constantly moving target. Yeah, the interesting thing about soreness is if soreness tells you anything, it tells you that you did too much. Really, there's really not much else soreness will tell you. It doesn't tell you, you had a good workout, doesn't tell you you're gonna build muscle or burn body fat, but it can tell you that you you did too much. What's what's interesting about this one is my approach with clients in this regard was a complete flip as I became more experienced. So what I mean by that is an early trainer, I would seek out getting my clients sore. Hey, how did your legs feel after a workout? Oh, they felt fine. And then I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go oh, harder. Go right. more. We gotta get you sore. Like, yeah. oh my God, I can barely move. Good, effective workout, right? Five years later, like it took me this long to figure it out, maybe even more. If someone told me, oh man, I was so sore after that workout, okay, we went too hard. What I was looking for as an experienced trainer, and when I, when I was experienced, I was much more effective, meaning clients got way better results, okay? What I was looking for was, I kind of felt it, or eh, I really didn't get sore. Perfect. 
That's the intent. That was the right intensity and the right volume for your body. And that's my goal. With my own body, I didn't think about this. Isn't something that I applied till much later because for myself, it was always beat myself up, beat myself up, beat myself up. But at one point, when I figured out full body workouts and I figured out not going to failure and I figured out how to modify intensity, my strength gains exploded and I never got sore. This was the part that was like aha for me, but it was also obvious. It was like, oh my God, I'd go to my workout, I'd finish my workout a day or two later, no soreness. And then I repeat the workout again and it felt good. And my strength went through the roof till this day. My goal is to feel little to no soreness. So a little bit of soreness is probably okay. The kind that you have to search for, like if you worked out your chest, you kind of have to stretch it and maybe squeeze it and be like, Oh, I think I worked it. That's fine. If you have the kind of soreness that lasts like a day or two or where you're sore to the touch or it affects your movement, you went way too hard. Yeah. yeah Cause I mean, it- Everybody, well, that has gone to the point where they feel that sore, where it's almost like they're uh, immobile, where it's it's really hard for them to even function. But then now try to uh, apply that same type of intensity to the next workout. I mean, you're you're limiting your progress just in the next workout by having that kind of soreness coming into it. So, you know, to to really kind of look at it from a longer term perspective about how you can keep you know adding on and, and chipping away. At, at progress, it's got to be a lot less uh, and you got to be energized each time to be able to do like a better performance in your workout. I wish I, I wish there was a study on this because I, I have this theory too that it dramatically impacts your knee even. So for example, like I'm going through it right now. I just told you I overreached. Oh, I'm man. so like subconsciously right now, I have a tendency to just move less because my, so you burn less calories, my ass is like so sore. It's sore to the touch right now. Yeah. You just want to sit down. Yeah. I just want to sit down. And every time I get up, I go, Ugh, yeah. and every time I say, so because of that, I'm like less likely to pop up out of my chair and go move and do something like I would if I felt really good yeah. and energized. So, you know, and how much far ranging effects, doesn't it? Yeah. So how much more does that, most of us are in, in pursuit of building muscle and or burning body fat, having a lean fit physique, right? So it's not, I don't want to just, just get sore built and build muscle. I also want to be lean. And so that also affects my movement and calorie burn for the day too. And be what I'd want, it'd be interesting to see, you know, how much in the net, the, you know, starting since yesterday, today, tomorrow, does my neat diminish because I'm so It makes sore. perfect sense. Right. Look, I'm going to use an analogy. Okay. So, um, building muscle, burning body fat are adaptation processes in the body. So when you build muscle, you obviously, you, 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 there's a certain level of stress that you put on your body by lifting weights. And then your body, it tries to adapt to that by becoming stronger. So that next time the same insult uh, doesn't produce the same amount of stress. And so this is how you get stronger over time. So let's use another form of adaptation. I've, I've used this before, and that's your your skin tanning in the sun. So if I go to the sun and I expose myself to the right amount of sunlight, my skin will slightly darken to adapt. So that next time, the same amount of time spent in the sun with the same intensity, it wouldn't produce any stress. Okay. Soreness would be akin to a sunburn. Okay. So imagine if you're trying to tan effectively and what you keep seeking is sunburn. Are you going to tan faster? <laughs> no. You're gonna tan. It's gonna take you much longer to get a good tan if you keep going out and getting sunburned. You're just creating too much damage for your body. It's also a good analogy because the, the how much sun can cause a sunburn in you is determined by your genetics. It's also determined by your exposure, previous exposure to the sun. It's also can be determined by your diet and hydration and those types of things as well. So, so the reason why soreness is 
also a bit challenging is because it's impossible to avoid. And I do want to be clear. You're going to get sore when you change workouts. You're going to get sore when you're on a layoff or it's hard for you to judge the intensity. But once that happens, use that as a gauge and say, okay, that was too hard. What you don't want to do is use it as a gauge and say, that was perfect. Let's push harder and keep seeking out that soreness. That is a fast track to overtraining, terrible results, and and actually reverse results. You'll actually go in opposite direction if you keep seeking out soreness. I, you know, I think that's such a good it's such a good way to say that because I, I don't I also don't want to get this misinterpreted as you know oh if you're getting sore you're you're doing a terrible job like because it's inevitable you're going to get sore from working out. It, it, like how sore you are though it's just the way you like you said it's perfect it's like i i know after i did that i go like oh wow i didn't need to do that much that's how you use versus yeah, me yeah. going like oh yeah that yeah. was good you yeah. know what i'm saying next workout i'm gonna get it again like that or ramp it up i'm going like oh wow i could have probably reduced that weight significantly and got as good of if not arguably better results that's yes. the way i look at it now versus going like what i used to do which is like oh yeah i got it you know what i'm saying that's totally. a good that's a good workout all right so the next one is sounds funny but uh i can't tell you how many clients use this as a as a gauge of an effective workout and that's how much you sweat in the workout hmm. i've had clients literally tell me with a strength training session uh that's traditional where we're resting two or three minutes in between sets we're doing low reps which happened to be, for these clients, the most effective workout at the time where we saw strength gains, we saw whatever. And they would say things to me like, you know, I barely sweat in these workouts. <laughs> yeah, is it really, yeah. like, is it really being that effective? Your, the sweat you produce in your workout, anaerobic. all yeah. it tells you is that you're overheating. So it can be a good workout can make you sweat and a crappy workout can make you sweat. An effective workout can make you sweat and ineffective workout there's can make you sweat. There's also a massive factor. Yes, there's yes, a massive yes. genetic variance in this too. Like I've had clients before that I crush them in the gym and like one drop of yeah. sweat comes down their forehead and just that's the it. the littlest thing. And I've yeah. had clients where they're just dripping everywhere and like we're carrying towels and you know, it's just one of those things. It just varies so substantially. Well, it goes back to your point earlier. It's a feel thing. Yes. It feels like you're, I mean, I'm if I'm sweating, I feel like I'm doing a lot. Yeah. Like I'm doing a lot right now. Yeah, I remember sure. when, You can't convince me otherwise. Do you guys remember <laughs> yeah. when we went to Sweat that- equity. That Pilates studio? We were going to oh. do this video. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There was this idea, our media team, this <laughs> a long time ago. This is a long time I'm ago. Pre, I hope we we deleted this it's somewhere. The, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's somewhere in the vault and never be released. But uh, <laughs> our media team was like, oh my God, it'll be so funny- if you guys, because you're meathead looking guys, right? We took you to a Pilates class. It wasn't a Pilates. It was one of the, it was a bar class. Bar. Bar. Right, 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 right. Bar. So yeah. similar, right? Yeah, yeah, So if we, if we take you to this bar class and we'll film it. So we go there and I mean, okay, bar and that kind of movement's got some value, right? It's going to create some stability and short ranges of motion. I can see how it's applicable for certain things. It's activity. So I'm not saying it's like a worthless workout, but in terms of like muscle building, strength and fat loss, it's inferior to just a traditional- and I slow paced strength training workout. But all of us were in there sweating our asses off because we've never done a workout like that before. Yeah. And it's not something we're used to. <laughs> was that workout more effective because we sweat a lot? No, it was it a very ineffective and it, and it burned a lot. Like yeah, a, and I, you know, and I do want, at I one do, point we're drumming on the ground with like sticks. Oh yeah. <laughs> I do want to correct you because I know our customer service team is going to get a ton of emails of you for you actually comparing bar to Pilates. Totally bar, different. Bar and Pilates are not allowed, That's right. allowed at all. And I actually think that there's a lot, there's tremendous value in Pilates. Uh, there's, so, there's value in either one. I can see uh, There's not very much value in bar. Well, I think so. Well, maybe that. Maybe <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and say that. Now the customer service is going to come <laughs> for you. Oh man. Adam's on the chopping <laughs> Right. But, but yeah, no sweating is a uh, sweating is a terrible uh, way to to judge a workout. I mean, you could literally 
turn up the temperature in the gym. Well, the reason why that, that's such okay, and, and let me talk about like because of course you're right. There'll be some people that take bar and they're like they swear by it, right? It's like oh, I've I got in the best shape. There, that's my re, that's my my arguing that is so amazing. It's like if you were doing nothing and you decide you're going to go join your bar class and you're going to eat better, like, of course, yeah. you'll lose body fat doing that. And, of course, maybe you'll even build a little bit of muscle because you weren't doing it. And there's, there's, there is a component of isometrics in there. Yes. There's, you're definitely doing 20, 30 reps. So that will stimulate muscle growth. And if you pair that with eating well, you could get some results with it. But that's, it's gonna, you're going to adapt to that way of training relatively quick, and then you're going to stall really hard. And yeah. if you don't find a way... But you'll sweat every time yeah you'll sweat every time and so then in your head you'll which is why you see in the orange series the f45s the you know the, the curves type of model the all these circuit based type of classes mm -hmm. people get results at the beginning of it because it is it is novel it's a novel stimulus to them and it's they definitely sweat. better than nothing right yeah. applied properly well, th this was like the confusing uh part of being in the gym and then seeing uh the group x instructors like not being in the greatest shape, but you see them sweating their ass off and doing multiple classes all day long, but yet their body composition wasn't Dude, really changing. What, what about sweating? What about the cardio addicts in the gyms that we would run? Yeah. I mean, you you would see people yeah, same difference. Yeah, when you manage gyms for a long time, you see your regulars, right? And there and look, anybody who's worked in a gym for longer than a year can attest to this. There's a group of people, typically morning, um, in my experience, that come in. And they get on cardio and they go nuts. They go crazy on the stairmaster, crazy on the elliptical, and they sweat buckets. And their bodies never change, mm -hmm. never change. Now, now their their fitness is is better than somebody who doesn't do that. They're definitely getting some health uh, benefits. So I don't want to say they're doing nothing, but my point is the sweat in the workout yeah. isn't producing results for them. In fact, these people would often come to me frustrated and say things like, "You you see me coming in at six a.m. every day, and I'm sweating my ass off." Why can't I lose this 25 pounds? And I say, well, okay, well, we got to try some strength training. Let's look at your calories. Oh, strength training? Is it, that's like, doesn't really, I don't really sweat when I do that. I would have people tell me that all the time. Yeah. I, you know, I, I like to sweat when I work out. Like, okay, why? <laughs> Just because you like to sweat or because you like the results? Some of the most effective workouts that I've ever, I've ever had clients do were the ones that didn't make them sweat. Well, especially it, if yeah. you're the type of person who's attracted to that. Yes. If you're someone who likes that and you gravitate to that type of training where, it, you know, trying to always break a sweat, nine times out of 10, the best workout for you is that that five by five, three minute rest yes. period type of training and watch how much your body responds to that because it's so polar opposite of what you gravitate towards. Yes. Now, the next one is funny because uh, this is everybody and that's where people judge a workout by just how hard it is. Okay. And you'll talk to people like this, like, hey, uh, you know, how's that workout you're doing? Oh my God, it's so awesome. Well, what do you mean? It kicks my ass. <laughs> you you do realize that you need you need zero workout programming expertise or experience to design a kick a workout that kicks your ass. Yeah. I could literally take anybody and have them do jumping jacks for an hour and it'll kick their ass. I could tell them to climb stairs and and then do push-ups. It'll kick their this ass. This is where could, personal trainers get the stigma. Yes. It, it really is like it people don't realize there's a science to this whole yeah. process. It's just because of um, it, they come in with this expectation and, and a lot of trainers will meet that expectation uh, to, to try and provide them with something that is insanely hard uh, and challenging because the thought is that that's going to be the most effective. Yeah, the, the problem is, is that there is an element of value that comes from challenge. So there's a little bit of truth here, right? Yeah. There's some truth. Like challenge is what gets your body to adapt. 
you learn from it, you grow from it. So I get that. But what I'm talking about is when this is this is how you judge your entire workout because it's super hard and it feels good to overcome something that's hard. Mm -hmm. And that's where people get this like I survived <clears throat> this hard workout. Oh, it must yeah. be super. And there's there's and you get you get that's this just one workout. And you well, get this the, great feeling from the, it. Right? The truth is there's it, there's a spectrum and most people are on on both ends and the sweet spot is in the middle, right? So you have client A who we've trained this person who uh you know, consistent. She's never missed a workout. She's been training 5 days a week for 30 years or like that and she does the you know, bicycle curls, shoulder but she has this routine and it's like she has the same weight. For everything yeah, that she, she does. Yeah, she could be reading a book the whole time. Right, right. She does the same exact weights. She's been doing the same weights and the same type of a routine forever. Mm -hmm. So it's good. She's exercising. She's yeah. moving. Okay. So I'm not, not, but that's this side of the spectrum. That person is not challenging themselves. They're not, they're never overreaching. They're never stretching their yeah. capacity. They're never like going beyond what they normally do. And then you have the other extreme, which is like the, the people that are love and are addicted to like CrossFit things that are like so crazy hard they want to throw up afterwards. It's like really the sweet spot is somewhere in the middle of this of like, okay, I don't want to catch myself never challenging myself and kind of doing what's easy and what I can always do because then I'm not forcing my body to adapt and change. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to try and force myself to adapt and change so bad that I'm puking and hobbling the next day. It's kind of somewhere in the middle You know what's of this. funny about that? I'm going to say something controversial. If we took those two people and we looked at long-term success. <laughs> the, the, one, the, the, the person who went the to five the five-pound dumbbell lady the, wins. The person who went to the gym and took <laughs> yeah. it easy is why? Because they're consistent. They didn't hurt themselves. They didn't fry themselves. The super intense, like I got to beat myself up. People, they can't stay they consistent. Drop off. Yeah. They just can't. Their and bodies they, can't last. They they have the harder pendulum swings. Oh yeah. The the lady I'm talking like I'm thinking of like several client client slash oh, I know. friends I, of I, my I, same here that I had that they are they're in their 60s now and stuff like that and they you know they they come from the watching Jane Fonda videos like for decades. Pretty good shape though. I mean, she looks great still right yeah. now. She came to me to get to the next level, and one of the first things I looked at I was like, "You're doing the same thing the yeah. same way forever." Like that's kept you here, which I think you look great for your age. But if you want the next level, these are the things we're going to do. How funny versus the person you're talking about yeah. who like is attracted to that stuff. That person goes on crazy yo-yo swings, hardcore. They're been, they've, they've been in better shape maybe than she has in, in small periods of their life for a month, and then they fall off the wagon, and then they go the opposite extreme. Or they burn themselves out and hurt themselves. Yeah. It's so funny, the person you were talking about at first, uh, you can always tell because you'll say, well, what do your workouts look like now? They'll say, well, I start out by doing lunges with 10-pound dumbbells, and then I do overhead presses with five. Like they have the weights already. Yeah, yeah. Like not just the exercise. But I tell the exact weights they're using. Like, yeah. wait a minute, how long have you been using these weights, dude? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the same. You know, it's the same thing over and over again. Yeah, it's um that that seeking out that I got to beat myself up every time I work out is only going to lead to failure. It, and I don't care who you are, it's one hundred percent going to lead to failure. Which takes us to the next one, and this is a another terrible way to judge a workout, and that is how crappy you feel afterward. Literally, <laughs> literally, yeah. people tell me it's a great workout. What do you mean by that? Man, I, walk. I couldn't move for two days afterwards. Or, oh man, when I got yeah. home, I just laid on the couch for the rest of the I day. threw what? up everything I ate that yeah. day. It was awesome. What a great workout. And I'm like, what? That is, that's actually the opposite. <laughs> that, means, that means you went too, way too hard and your body's not going to adapt from that, it, let alone heal. It's going to have a tough time just healing from that. So yeah. collectively, we all you know, kind of the hammer on the, the CrossFit 
programming and the CrossFit mentality. But what a lot of people don't understand or realize is that the three of us, long before Mind Pump, had our own personal journeys. Mm-hmm. And we all had very much, CrossFit's been around for a long time now. Yeah. Uh, we didn't know each other when we had our own individual experiences. And so this was my experience with CrossFit. Early for, days CrossFit. Yeah, before sure. it was popular and stuff like that, I had some of the original friends that were doing it in parking lots. Yeah, people it started know. up here in Santa Cruz. It ar- yeah, it originated yeah. here in the Bay Area. Yeah, so it's from here. So before it became mainstream, it made its way over into my circle of friends mm-hmm. and my trainer group, and we were doing it. I was doing like yeah. I would take from the workouts, and then we would apply mm-hmm. it in the gym. And I remember I have vivid memories of doing it with some of my trainers and stuff, and then laying in my office, just my, my I could feel my head pulsing, and I'm like, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to do anything the rest of the day. I'm like, I can't do this and be like a workout time. This is I, this can't be a good thing to feel this way. <laughs> yeah. And I, re- I remember trying to push through it and thinking, oh, I'm gonna do it, and like having that competitive athletic mindset to it. I'm like, right. this is not good. And that's what made me never train a client that way, or like tell most people that way. It's like zero to a hundred. Yeah, way and, too uh, crazy. Yeah, I had the same experience, and it was almost like you got a little bit of tunnel vision because of the cardiovascular demand on top yeah. of, you know, the an- anaerobic Compost, demand, yeah. like both in combination, like they're just trying to pull the, the, the most exhausting, hardest, most intense combinations as possible it was really the desired outcome of the structure of these workouts. Yeah. The, the original unofficial mascot, a lot of people don't know this, the unofficial the original mascot was a, was a clown throwing up. Yeah. Pukey the clown, right? That was his name. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So that alone will tell you, you know, kind of, you know, how that went. And I tell you what, you may be listening to this saying, oh, I know somebody that works yeah. out that way and they're in great shape. Okay. This is all individual. What may be an, look, an effective workout for me. Yeah, I know people that run big companies that do cocaine every single day. No, well, no, that's not, that's <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, but that's a, that's a terrible argument here yeah, just because yeah. we know somebody who's fit who does something that's not healthy and well, good for well, you what doesn't I mean, by that mean is, it's the right way ask, of success. Are they, what are they intervening to uh, maintain that? Like, have they ever had any injuries? Uh, like, uh, I mean, let's let's do percentages of that. Well, be he, interesting he, to here's see. the point that I'm trying to make. If, <laughs> yeah. if, if you took someone off the street who doesn't work out and you had them follow my workout, they would... Be, it would be super hard. They get super sore, and they would feel like dog shit for two days afterwards. So for me, it's an effective workout. For them, it was too much. So that's what I mean by that. There's an individual component here. So you may know someone that does these crazy workouts. And say, well, it works for this person. Right. It's not working for you, especially if you feel any things that we talked about. That's telling you it's an inappropriate intensity, volume, um, and frequency of training for you. It's just not effective. In fact, it's the opposite of effective, it will take you backwards. I mean, you bring that up, and I just think it's a good point or a good time to bring that point up too. Is it is a terrible idea for us ever to compare anybody else's results to what we're what we're trying to do. Yes, for so many reasons, aside from the the massive genetic variance to where they're currently at in their routine to what their eating habits look like, like it's so different. And to to not know everything about that person, like a lot of people are in really good sh- shape in spite of how truly healthy they really are. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are tortured inside and it's their insecurities that drive them to this. They're running away from something. And instead of medicating with drugs, they found health and fitness to be their medication and they've gone all in on good it. Point. And so yeah. they have this physique that you go, oh my God, it's so amazing. They look so healthy, but inside they're so unhealthy. So to even use somebody else as an example for what you think you want for yourself is a terrible idea. I don't care how well you think you I know I tell you what, yep. you, if you take a bunch of, you take a, a 50 shredded people, okay? I bet you the mental health 
Mm. Uh, the mental health issues will probably be twice as worse as the average population. Uh, and I mean shredded, right? So these are like what you said, like uh, some of the worst eating disorders I've ever seen were people in the fitness industry. Um, so that's a great point that you absolutely make. So you don't know what that person is doing. They may look a particular way, but you may not, you don't probably don't want to trade for what's going on inside to look the way that's that right. they, want, that that's they right. look. Now, okay, so we talked about terrible ways to judge your workout. We should give people good ways. Like, okay, fine. How do I judge a workout to know that it's good? Here's the first one. You get stronger. Okay, sounds obvious, but um, you can do things, some stuff wrong and get stronger, but usually it means you're doing a lot of things right, especially if it's consistent, especially if you're, you're past that first couple months of, of working out where everybody gets stronger. If you're still seeing, seeing strength gains, you're probably doing a lot of things right, and it's objective. There's more weight on the bar. There's more weight on the bar. I know I'm stronger. That's a great way to judge a workout. I like this one because... I didn't focus on this for a really long time because I didn't care about it. Like, I didn't care about strength. And so I was so focused on aesthetics, the way I looked mm. in the mirror, that that was what was driving or me dictating like whether I was having a good workout or not. But this is uh, way, way less subjective. I think this is a much better way to judge if my programming is solid. Yes. Forget about my diet, my consistency and all the other things that come into it. It's like, am I following a good routine you know, and if I can say I'm getting stronger in my routine, the answer is probably yes, I'm following a solid. Well, this routine. also implies that you have to really be paying attention uh, in terms of like uh, if you are progressively overloading, if you have a plan in place uh, to to achieve, uh, you know, uh, more load within like certain lifts or like uh, otherwise, like for the majority of people I've encountered, uh, most people just want to get through the workout. Yeah, and, and and really, it's just like the objective is to just I I made it through, uh, and and a lot of that the intent of going into it is completely different than say somebody that is is thinking and focusing ahead of time on very specific lifts and what they've done before, which means they're they're keeping track yeah. and now they can see progress. Yeah, strength gains, consistent strength gains in my clients always preceded. Muscle gain, metabolism boosting, and then with good diet, fat loss. So when I saw my clients get stronger consistently, you know, relatively consistent, it's not always, you know, up, but they would go up and pause, up and pop type, type of deal. When I would see that happen, I'm like, oh, cool. We're moving in the right direction. All those aesthetic goals that they want, they're, they're going to start popping up. The next one is improved stamina. So your, your fitness improved, uh, uh, basically, right? So you can go longer. You can handle more volume. You feel great. Uh, from doing so. Again, it's more of an objective measure, right? And it's funny that I'm saying this and uh, that I have to communicate this because obviously that's what you should be looking for with the workout. Am I better at it? Mm -hmm. Am I stronger? Do I have more stamina? Like those are, those are pretty damn good objective measures of a successful workout. Um, the next one, I like this one because people tend to look at weight on the scale. I look at body composition. Okay. If your weight goes down or up, doesn't matter to me if your body fat percentage went up and your muscle went down. I'm looking at muscle going up, fat going down. If you're building muscle and you're burning body fat, you're probably doing most things right. right. And you could usually tell this by how your clothes fit, right? A lot of times the clients will be like, wow, my waist is, 
you know, the, my waistline is definitely different, but I feel like heavier or like, I feel like I've put on, you know, a little bit of weight, but if you look at, um, objectively on how like, uh, your body's composition has changed, like that's really what you need to be. So I'm, I'm a big fan of the, the front side and back shot photo with your iPhone or whatever in the mirror at the same time, every single week. And even though I'm having you take it every Friday, first thing when you wake up, um, I'm, we're not making any dramatic changes week to week. We're looking at it like every three to four weeks, every three to four weeks. I'm comparing those visuals from the, you know, week one versus, you know, week three or four, if I'm going to make any, mm. any changes to it. Right. Cause it, it, a lot can fluctuate in just a, in a few days and definitely even, even in a week's time, right? Like if someone took a picture and, and we've talked about the water and how that can change the way somebody looks the day before it could could throw off what I think I see in the mirror in one week's time. But over the course of like three, four weeks, if they've been consistent with the dieting and following what we're doing, I should see a, a physical change from week one and week four mm -hmm. to give me an idea as a coach like, oh, I need to increase this or, oh, we need to cut back on this or more of this, less of that. And I just like, I like that. I like teaching a client to, to look at that. And it's not, we're not doing that to judge or compare or anything like that to other people. It's literally just another tool that we're using to measure. And I like it better than the scale. Yeah. And you got to make sure you do it same time, same, you know, the same lighting, everything the same. So it could be as objective as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, we're, I'm not, when I'm doing these, like these are for my personal use and or which is clients. I'm not using it for social media to share. It's not for any, it's literally for me just to have another objective way to measure. Am I, am I doing the right things. Yes. This next, the next one is you just have more energy. And I mean, good, clean energy, not stimulant energy or wired and nervous energy, but you just have more energy. You notice you have more energy for things around the house, more energy to do things with your kids, more energy for work. You just have more energy. Crappy workouts and bad program will give you less energy. Like all the stuff we said earlier, all the bad stuff, you'll find that your energy will start to wane over time and you start to feel more and more fatigued. With something like this, you just have better energy over time. And it means that your your workouts are probably doing a good thing. This is my favorite thing to teach clients because I think it has um it's one of those things that I think we could want. It's it's easy for people to be able to measure and, and compare, like because their 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 days are pretty consistent. They go to work at the same time, they do the same kind of thing, they eat lunch at the same time, they come home at the same time. Like so we're very consistent creatures when it comes to like our, you know, week. And it's pretty easy to take a client who you you get them and they go, yeah, you know, I always kind of have this energy dip, dip around this time or I come home from work and all I want to do is relax and watch TV or whatever. And then you start training them correctly and they start, those things start to change, yes. right? Like, I, and I noticed That's this, the first thing I saw. I noticed this in myself right away. Like it, it's one of the things that has kept me consistent as I've gotten older is, you know, more so doing it for how I look or how I feel or how strong I am. I love this aspect. I'm just a better person at home. Like I'm just, I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. I'm better. I'm a better supporter, like around the house. Like I just, I, after I work out, I, I don't have the same feeling. Like if I, if we are in here all day long, I miss a workout and I don't feel good. I drive home. Like I just tend to lay around. I don't want to do much. Mm -hmm. Like 
can I force myself? Yeah, there's times where I tell, okay, Adam, you got to get up and go do something. But I don't have to have that internal conversation when I'm training. When I'm training, I naturally have that energy. I come in the door and I right away want to do the dishes on the counter or help out with Max or do something like that. I think this is one of the best things to help clients connect. Well, I think also too, one of the byproducts of expending a certain amount of energy and to the point where you're not over fatigued, like it really then impacts the way that you sleep, which then helps with you to recharge. Yeah. And then the next day provides you with more energy. And it's this sort of cycle so that you're, you're, you're promoting a, a, a better way for your body to, um, you know, recharge and, and recover. Yeah, which brings us to the next one, which is a little different than energy, and that is that you have improved vitality. So what does that mean? A better zest for life, uh, more motivated, a better attitude. Things don't seem as bad, um, and good things seem even better. You start to notice you have more gratitude. You just generally have better vitality. This is how this is the things that I would point out to clients because physical results take a little longer to happen, but these results tend to happen relatively quick. And so I'll ask them questions like, well, okay, how's your energy? How's your sleep? Have you noticed any changes in your mood? I'm like, well, yeah, you know, I, I notice I'm just more patient with the kids or, you know, I, I come home and I had great conversation with my wife the other day. And, you know, before that we were kind of at odds and now, and so we're, we're talking about their vitality. And that's a great way to judge your workout and your diet. If you have improved vitality, you're doing so, you're doing a lot of stuff right. If your vitality starts to decrease, then we got to start to look at the workouts and the nutrition because something might be off. Yeah, I, I love talking about all these things that that you start to make the connection that you're making a good workout because these are all the same things that I think that keep you working out. Too. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I, I love the like good okay, ones, right? Yeah, all the things that the all the positive things that represent, you know, hey, you've had a good workout are also all the positive things that are what keep you going for the rest of your life. If you can learn to look at these things, that's why it's so important. Like the other things that are bad ways to judge, like there's th those things don't bleed into your your lifelong like crushing yourself after a workout. Yeah. Does it make your life necessarily better later on? It's these things right here that we're trying to connect the dots with clients because if they can yeah. make that make that connection, it's much more motivating for them to continue on long term. Yeah, you only feel as good as is what you know in terms of like how good I've ever felt. Like so some people have never felt like that optimal health and in that sort of that combination of everything working at the same time. And so once you get to that place, it's like, wow, it's it's a bit addictive in a sense where where, you know, you can keep repeating these patterns and it's going to promote uh, that type of a feeling. Totally. Look, if you like our information, head over to mindpumpfree.com and check out our guides. We have guides that can help you with almost any health or fitness goal. You can also find all of us on social media. So Justin is on Instagram at mindpumpjustin. Adam is on Instagram at mindpumpadam. And you can find me on Twitter at mindpumpsal. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now, plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. 
If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support. And until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>